Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the table with D. Monique. My special guest today is Miss Star Lee. She's joining us at the virtual table. Uh, before we get into this conversation, you guys know we always have to start off with a snack because what is a good conversation without a snack, okay? So since Star is our guest and we have good banners and home training, Star... <laughs> You are going to go first. You tell us what you're snacking on today. Well, I'm a chocolate person, so most of the time I like to eat anything that's chocolate covered. Today, it's chocolate covered caramels. Ooh. Yeah. Let us see the inside of that. Wait, let me not do it on the camera, though. No, girl, eat on the camera. We eat on here. (laughs) It's right there. Oh, that looks good. You know, for a second, I thought it was a huge raisinette. (laughs) I eat that too. I just finished all I that yesterday, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I used to love raising it. Yeah. And, um, you know, you go to the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And they always have those. They're like, yeah, go and give me some raisinets. And raisinets you eat it with the popcorn. Oh, yes. <laughs> but you know what? Whoppers, I like whoppers, but they always give me this funny sensation. Is it the it's the creepiness on the tongue? Yeah, That's it's like the wafer part of it. Yeah, I like that part. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. So you said you like anything chocolate. So like chocolate dipped pineapples, the strawberries. Not so much the pineapples. I'm pretty um stamped strawberries. I'll do bananas and apples and the normal stuff. Pineapples, mm-hmm. not so much. I, I probably wouldn't do oranges or grapes or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I like chocolate. I like uh, a semi-sweet chocolate. That's a, that's me. Yeah. You should yeah. try uh, and chocolate-covered cranberries. Those are good. Oh, yeah. There is a brand that has, um, is it, well, it don't matter because guess what? We're not sponsored, so I don't need it. <laughs> But you know, there is a brand and they have these cute little packets. And um, I like their, uh, I like their chocolate covered uh, cranberries, blueberries. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? I think I I know the brand that you're talking about. Starts with the O. (laughs) But we are not being sponsored. So, (laughs) yes. But if they ever want to, I would be happy because I love them. You know? <laughs> All right, so let me show you what my snack is. I found these um, just a couple days ago, so this is my first time trying this. But it's this Dave's Killer Bread. Again, we're not sponsored, but I'm going to just show y'all because if I taste it and it's good, I want y'all to go try it too. But it's Dave's Killer Bread Amped Up Organic Protein Bar. Mm. Okay, and this is a uh, vegan-friendly snack so um yeah let's try this out i'm only going to eat half of this because i already calculated my meal for today (laughs) and i don't want i don't want this to be all of my my calories so let's see how this tastes and i'm gonna give y'all a real response because if this don't taste good 
I will let y'all know. And the verdict? It's okay. Out of one out of five, how many stars? Maybe two. Two and a half. Oh. Yeah, the the blueberry isn't coming through as strong as I had hoped. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> well, that give me more calories later. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want this now. Yeah, it's just okay. Honestly, it's not something I probably would buy again. Mm. But I will tell you what I like by Dave's Killer Bread is their raisin bread. Oh my goodness. It's so good. I toast it. I put a little bit of my vegan butter on there and I close my eyes and I eat it. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good. Have you ever heard about um, some companies when they use blueberries, they're not really blueberries, they're bugs? No, what brand is that? I, I would like for you to actually say that one. Um, so I think it's, I think that's what the um, FDA allows, like bugs. You know they are, yeah. So in your food, so like, there's so many bugs that are allowed in certain food. Like I think peanut butter is one of them. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine. She used to say, how can you eat sausage? I was like, because it's good. I don't eat sausage, you know, like animal sausage anymore. And she's like, you know, they allow so many rat hairs and sausage. And I was like, huh? She's like, yeah. So that means that the, like the skin of the rat is probably in with the Oh, Lord. <laughs> so I had sausage this morning and I I had a peanut butter and strawberry sandwich before we got on here. So, um, did it taste good? Yeah, rat was great. It was great. That's all that matters. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we don't know. I mean, this is only speculation. You know, the, I, these are things I've heard. I don't know if the companies are putting them in there for sure, for sure. But these are things that I've heard. And hey, if you eat your peanut butter and you have a bug, it's just more protein. Well, I eat fucking <laughs> peanut butter, so I don't know. I do. And I and I'm I'm the vegan, but hey, I mean, what can we do if it's in the pro we don't know what's going on in these processing centers? We really don't. So that's why you get that's why you have to just pray over your food and say, Hanumashanama, bless it, Lord. You know, I stopped <laughs> eating ramen noodles, the nineteen cent bags that you used to be able to get, just because Mm -hmm. I saw there were bugs and hairs and everything else in it. They did a, a microscope of it and you could see on the inside and everything you're talking about was in it. Mm. Yeah, I could believe it. Yeah. We don't know. Oh. I, yeah, we don't know. I mean, when I buy my produce, sometimes like um, if I'm getting like collard greens or lettuce and stuff, you can see that maybe there was a bug or something on it. But I feel like this, even when I garden, if a bug will eat it, I want to eat it too when it comes to produce because they are they want the good stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> so in my, bugs if you don't eat them. 
on your produce, not in the, you know, you don't want it processed. So, of course, I wash everything that I eat. So I don't want to eat the bug that's on the plant. But I feel like, you know what? If the bug wanted to eat it, I want to eat it too because they know what's good. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to use that same idea when I drop food on the floor too. I'm going to say, look, if a bug could walk on this floor... (laughs) Pick up this cheeto. <laughs> Five second rule. Five second. You got some extra, some extra steps, but that's okay. Some extra things to consider. You just do like this. There you go. Kind of a shot of a Lord bless it. Yes. Well, Star, thank you for joining me for uh, snack time. You are welcome. <laughs> and you listen. You are welcome to eat your snack through this conversation. Okay. okay? I appreciate. it. Because you are at our virtual table, and you know, if you were at my actual kitchen table, you would probably sit there with your arm on the table and pop those little treats in your mouth while you're talking. So please feel welcome to to be at home, okay? Thank you, thank you. Okay. So you all, um, let me properly introduce our guest for today. Her name is Star Lee. And she is here to talk to us about a very serious topic, and that topic is domestic violence. Uh, If this topic is triggering for you, you may want to stop listening at this point. According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, nearly 20 people per minute are being physically abused by their intimate partner. So that's about 10 million women and... Uh, about 10 million men and women each year. One in three women and one in four women experience or have experienced some form of physical abuse from their intimate partner. If you are someone you know needs help, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. Again, that number is one 800 799-7233, or they can text START to the numbers 88788. Again, they can text START, S-T-A-R-T, to 88788, and they will provide you with some resources to get help. Um, the reason STAR is here to talk to us because she has firsthand knowledge of this um, subject. She is a thriving and surviving domestic violence victim. Um, I'm not sure if I should call you victim or just survivor. Survivor. I've now removed survivor. that victim title. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, Star, welcome to our table. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so if you don't mind, I would like to ask you some questions to get started. And then we'll just go from there. I know this is a sensitive subject, so please stop me if I ever say anything that makes you feel uncomfortable or you're not ready to talk about, okay? All right. So before um, before Star agreed to come on, we did um, have a chance to talk a little bit. I It's like she's an old friend of mine. <laughs> um we talked for about an hour and I really felt like I got to know her and I want you all to get to know her. But I would like to know one thing we didn't talk about um, last week is 
how did you meet your ex? Um, so I met my abuser um, at a restaurant. He actually was my waiter at the time. It was a frequent restaurant that I would go to with a friend of mine. Um, we would go on Thursday nights and watch the Mavericks play. So um, it was a frequent spot. We had seen each other a few times. And over the period of us um, going to this restaurant, we kind of built a little bit of a friendship. And it took off from there. Um, I think it might have been maybe about a month and a half of me knowing him before I actually started dating him. Okay. And how did he present himself in the beginning oh. of your relationship? Um, in the beginning, he was he was pretty friendly. Um, he was uh, very masculine. Um, he tried to portray himself to be a, a protector, um, somebody that would do pretty much anything for you. Um, and he would clean my kitchen, cook me meals, go take my car to put gas in it. Um, you know, all the, all the good things that normally in the beginning, the, the honeymoon phase, um, is what I yeah. paint. And then when did he start to show his true colors? How far into the relationship? Oh gosh. Um, let's see. I had known him a month and a half before we started dating. And then it mm -hmm. might've been a month after, um, he started showing signs of aggression. Um, there were some, some moments of conversations that we were having in regards to his actions outside of um, our relationship um, that it, it caused the first moment of explosion. So the the aggression, what it, was it like with friends? No. He was having no. some issues. Um, it was always directed towards me. Um, I, I, I know that there have been other instances within his family um, where there was some uh, violence and the police were called, those type of things. But those were, and the way he described it to me, those were moments that he regretted and he was young. Um, he was under the age of 18 and that's how he portrayed the actions that happened and made it seem like it really wasn't a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. Now, the night that he had the explosion, the very first time, I didn't expect it. It was, um, we went from having a conversation to him literally being like right here in my face, screaming at me. And um, I'm only five feet, he's six feet. And um, it, it scared me the first time, but shortly after that moment, he was so apologetic and he was so willing to do whatever he needed to fix the situation and make me feel better. And I kind of, you know, I went with that instead of my gut, which was telling me that I should probably move on and not let this man be at my house. But, you know, you live and you learn. Right. Um, so how long after that first incident did the second incident occur? Um, if you, if you remember or it, it took a while for the second and I mean a while, like it took at least about a good month or so. Um, mm -hmm. I think that was just mainly because he was traveling. Um, and so he was out of the state. We were still having a relationship, you know, over phone conversations and text messages, but we were not around each other. So I wasn't experiencing those moments of outrage. Now I, I know for a fact that during that month and a half, there were other individuals that were around him and he was having anger moments too. Um, so yeah, 
uh, when he came back, it was probably about um, maybe two months after the first occurrence is when it happened again. And that one was worse. It, that one was, um, he actually knocked me out cold. And his nephew was there at the time. And I remember waking up and hearing his nephew crying and to asking his uncle at the time, why did you do this? You know, and I remember being in the bathroom on the floor and pretending like I was still knocked out because I didn't know if he was going to come back and try to do more. And, yeah. um, yeah, that was, that was the second time that was pretty bad. And again, it was one of those, I'm sorry, I'm going to do right. You know, this, this, and that, um, you know, the normal stuff to pacify me, he knew what to do by then. And I forgave him. The nephew, was it a child yeah. or a teen, adult? Uh, at the time, he was about 12, 11, 12. Okay, so very young. Yeah. And he's being exposed to this as well, it, this behavior. Yeah. Um, if I may go back, so he said that the police was being called on him when he was a teenager. And... Was that act of violence against his family member? Yes, it was actually like, a sibling. It was two, him and his other sibling were fighting, um, and the police mm -hmm. were called. Okay. So I'm just connecting this because now he's allowing the 12 year old nephew to see this, and this can become a pattern yeah. in his family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and in most cases, most abusers, they've already seen it. They've been around it. They've experienced this. Uh, in this case, my abuser had seen it when he was younger um, within the home. So it was, you know, something that I think to him, it was a normal reaction to the way that you, you, when you're mad, handle you, the situation. this is how you handle it. Yeah. You, especially in certain cultures, you know, women are looked at differently and they are looked down on. And, you know, bring that over here to the United States, it's going to continue on. It's going to continue down the generations if it's, if it's seen. Yeah. 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 So we have to put a stop to it. That's why um, conversations like this is really good mm -hmm. because I know there's somebody out there who is, this is going to help. Yeah. Yeah. And that's our goal is to help at least one person with this conversation um so when if you can recall when you got up off the floor I know he was apologetic what did you have any physical um um outside of Mark? I hit my head on the on the tub before I fell to the floor so I had like a little head contusion it wasn't bleeding or anything and that was another thing when you're in an abusive relationship it's it, it gets to the point to where it's so normal for you that you don't really notice even the obvious um you know just because he was hitting me I don't think it was completely hitting me that it was bad um it didn't it, it took for me to see blood it took for me to you know have a broken bone before I actually took it to the length of okay it's time for me to leave so um over the amounts of time that, you know, these conflicts would happen. Um, bruises was the main thing that I would have. And that's an easy fix, you know, in my mind as, as a domestic violence victim, you know, somebody that had been in it for years after a while, it was just like, okay, it's a bruise. I'm going to go get some, some makeup and I'll just patch it up, 
nobody will see it or I wear a sweater during the summertime or, you know, I wear a turtleneck, you know, so you can't see something or wear pants instead of shorts so you don't see the bruises there. Um, and, and when you're in that lifestyle, it's it's kind of like it's it alters your brain to where what you would find normal is is different <laughs> than yeah. what it was before. Yeah. Did you, um, I know you were trying to cover things up, but did you have any family members or friends who started to notice at the time that, yeah. hey, stars wearing a lot more makeup or why do you have on that sweater in the cot outside? Did you yeah, I had a few moments. I did actually have a friend um, that was living with me at the time and she had witnessed it, but she never really went to the depths of like notifying my parents or anything. There was one instance where she did contact the police um, and they did arrest him and they took him away. Um, that was traumatic that he actually punched a hole in our uh, front door um, because I wouldn't let, or not that I wouldn't let him in, but he, I wasn't quick enough to let him in. Um, and he punched a hole literally mm -hmm. through the front door. So where the, the little peak area is had a big old hole from the punch and that was the only reason why I think at that time she had called the police was because he was trying to go after me by the time the police had gotten there he had busted my lip um and I remember even then talking to the police and I felt bad for him and I was trying to tell the police no 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 it's okay it's all right you know he didn't mean it um I was making excuses for him at the time we had lost our newborn son um, so I was trying to tell the police, he's just angry about that. And, you know, trying to basically pacify what the real situation was. Yes. You know, we were going through something, but at the same time, it's his behavior. It's how he was deciding to handle his anger, um, in it all. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, outside of that one friend seeing it, there was speculation, but I was always that type of person. I'm like, no, no, nothing's going on. Um, there was a time that I went over to my sister's house and I had marks on my neck and she was, she thought they were hickeys and they were actually fingerprints, but <laughs> she couldn't see the entire hand. She could only see certain fingers that had left the bruise marks on there. And I remember, you know, mm -hmm. telling her, yeah, it's a hickey. And that had happened like an hour before I had even showed up to her house. I was just willing to lie to keep, to be kept, basically, you know, to to, to be in this relationship. And I, I knew it wasn't serving me to the full benefit that it should have served me, but it was something better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I, I think to a certain extent, my mental state was altered. It, it I wanted to yeah. be with him. And, you know, there's there's different reasons for that. There's um, something called trauma bonding um, that makes you want to mm -hmm. be with the person because of a trauma that has occurred. It's, you have this bond with them and, you know, we have lost children. So I think to a certain extent, that was also my bond, like in the midst of the relationship. Mm -hmm. By the time we had had some history together, that became another reason to stay loyal to a certain extent. Because of the right, because of... we had gone through things, you know. I I had had surgeries mm -hmm. um, that had almost died from, and he was there. It, there were moments in my life mm -hmm. that he was there. Now, some of these moments he also did cause, but he was there. And in my mind, I, I rather mm -hmm. have had that type of loyalty over, you know, not having him at all. Even though I really was not given any loyalty, but like I said, when you're in the midst of it and you want to be loved, you kind of let those 
those red flags. You just let them go by the wayside and you just go full force, mm -hmm. not realizing at some point you're going to hit the wall. Like you will hit the wall. Yeah. So. I, um, I want to go back to your friend because I know um, sometimes we can suspect, uh, suspect mm -hmm. something is going on or even maybe we've heard something is going on but you don't know if it's appropriate for you to yeah. step in. What do you say to that? Um, you know, I, I, I used to have that mindset of it's not my business. Okay. So if it's not my business, I'm not going to get involved. I've got too much going on in my life. I don't have time. You know, that was my mindset for a really, really long time. And then over, you know, over a moment, it just kind of, it changed for me. Um, domestic violence stuff and um, trying to maneuver through it, the way that your mindset is, you don't know, you know, when when is enough until you finally get to that point to where, like I said, you're going to hit the brick wall. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. It, yeah, and so when, you know, if you're a family member or a friend and you suspect this is going on, um, do you... Do you say it's not my business or do you, do you just say, you know what? I know it's not my business, but I have to step in. Um, and it doesn't seem like you may have, may have had someone do that for you, but I know you've helped mm -hmm. other women. How do you go about doing it? Because sometimes maybe they don't want to, to leave. Do you keep pushing to say, Come on now, help no. you. How how does a family member or friend help someone in this situation? First, first, I, I think you know, family, friend, or stranger. If you see it going on, no matter what, you need to call the police. Um, that can be an, an anonymous thing. You know that you don't have to give your name, but if you hear that somebody mm -hmm. is hurting or somebody is hurting somebody, you know you can call nine one one. So I feel like you know when it comes down to the family and friends part. Um, that should always be an option. If you know that this person could possibly be going through some sort of domestic violence, start start involving yourself a little bit more in their lives. That's one way that you can really penetrate through that wall that they have up that's keeping the outside world from coming into their domestic violence situation. A lot of people are embarrassed by it, you know. They don't expect to be in these relationships with these men and, and realize, or men being in relationships with women and realizing that, you know, it's, it's, it's a bad, toxic situation. Nobody wants to actually say that. But I think if they had somebody to vent to, if they had somebody that could come around a little bit more, maybe they can diffuse a situation. Or even if they just happen to witness just a little bit of something that's off-putting, that's, that's enough for you to start. Mm -hmm. let's, let's reach out to whoever, whether it be another family member, it could be a mother of that victim, the father of that victim, an uncle, you know, somebody that you know can really get involved in and remove the victim if need be, you know, police get involved. You can start, you know, getting your protective orders, your restraining orders, you can get lawyers, you can, there's so many resources that are out there that can help you get out of this domestic violence situation. There's really no reason for you to stay in it. Um, as long as I, I think community needs to start having this conversation and making it a normal conversation to have, 
you know, the same way somebody's going through depression. Well, somebody's going through domestic violence right now. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's something that's just as priority. You gave us the numbers, you know, one out of three and one out of four men, you know, these are people that when you're walking into the grocery store, a restaurant, your job, one out of four, one out of three you're looking at is going through a situation where they are being harmed in some way. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not stepping on toes for you to get involved and call 911 or call, you know, somebody that you know can get involved. The sad thing about it is that I went through a situation where I had a friend um, and I used to double date with her, her and her husband and me and my abuser at the time when we were together and I got out of my domestic violence situation in 2018. In June of 2018 is when I officially left uh, my domestic violence situation, like grabbed all my things that I could get and packed them up, put them in storage. Um, and during that time, my friend stayed with her husband and if you fast forward uh, a year later, I had already met someone, married, had moved out of you know the city and the state that I had been living in. And I remember looking on Facebook and there were RIP Yvonne all over my Facebook. And I, it still didn't quite register until like I started looking at the news and realized that the man that was sitting next to her when we were going on these double dates had stabbed her multiple times and killed her with her children in the house. I had no idea wow. she was going through a domestic violence situation. And we had lots of deep conversations. I worked with her. I would go over to her house. I would go over to um, her family's houses when they had gatherings and things. And we never had a conversation, not one time about her domestic violence situation. Um, she knew about mine only because I had had my, my lip busted and I didn't go to work. And she realized I hadn't been at work for a couple of days. And when I came back, she had a conversation with me and I explained to her what had happened. And, you know, I'm thinking like my other friends, she's going to be like, oh, when are you leaving? You know, when we need to pack up, we need to go. We, I'm going to call your mother. I'm going to call your, you know, something to that extent. This is what I was thinking I was going to get. And instead, all I got was, a, so are you going to go back? And it was just as calm as could be. And I remember thinking I have a confidant and I told her, yeah, I probably am going to go back. And I didn't think about it from the level of the comfortability that she had and even saying, you're going to go back. That means that she's got that same mentality that I had where it's not, it's not normal yeah. for a person to want to stay in something like that, but she had been in it for so long. She was married to this man who knows all the things that had gone on under that roof. And she was with him longer than I was with yeah. my abuser, you know? So yeah. I did not know. And then to see that she had passed away and, you know, I had talked to her maybe two or three days before I had just had our daughter and um, my husband at the time um, he was at work and I remember <laughs> calling him up and telling him I was just supposed to see Yvonne. Like I, we, the next time we go to Dallas, she had just messaged me and she wanted to see the baby. Like, I don't understand how this happens like this. Like, how does this happen? I'm now sitting here. I'm in the happiest place that I could be after getting out of a domestic violence situation. And I'm watching yeah. a friend of mine gone and I'm, I'm reading reports and I'm, I'm, you know, looking online and watching the news and her husband is handcuffed her. They're talking about the three children. They're talking about, you know, the house and the neighborhood. And I, it, it just, it baffled me.
it just completely, I'm, I'm looking at this house that I had been to, you know, it's, it's, it was things like yeah. that, that I just felt like it, this needs to now be a topic. Like we have to start talking. We have to, it doesn't make sense not to, there's yeah. too many people, especially with this pandemic. There's way too many people that are going through situations under the roof that you would have no idea. There's a lot of people that are having mental problems. And I'm not saying no mental mm -hmm. problem is, is different than any other one. Honestly, depression, anxiety, you know, whatever is going on. And, you know, the pressures can get to you. It's all about how you react to those pressures. And I think a lot of people that are underneath these, these roofs with these abusers, they're, they're making too many excuses. And they're just mm -hmm. trying to pacify it by hiding it instead of having a conversation with whoever it needs to be with to get out of it. And that's what we need to change is just the, the level of comfortability of having these conversations. I would have never told my father, you know, the things that had happened in the house. It took for literally him to break my jaw to where I could not hide it anymore before I actually had a conversation with my dad. Um, same wow. thing with my mother. My sister, I had confided in her after my jaw got broken. I had never seen her cry as much as she did. Um, after she finally, it finally hit her. She had seen me with the broken jaw and she, you know, she was the strong one and you know, let's get you to the hospital. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's go to the police station and things. Um, she took care of a lot of stuff for me. But then at one point she had that breaking moment. And for me to see that breaking moment, it was hard. You know, to see my mom and my dad, my mom just, she was, she had questions. She she didn't understand because she's like, I see you all the time. I, I don't understand the same thing with my dad, you know. Um, but I think if, if, if I would have had other people around or if this would have been something that was a topic the same way that we tell our children, don't do drugs, um, don't have sex, you know, those, those type of conversations, I think. Yeah. The same conversation needs to happen when it comes down to don't let anybody ever take advantage of you and hit you that don't ever mm -hmm. let them talk mm -hmm. down to you. Don't ever let, you know, the verbal abuse, the, the mental abuse, don't ever let somebody think, you know, that they can make you think less of yourself. You know, those type of conversations yeah. and, and going into depths, depths about, you know, people and, you know, mental issues and, you know, how some people may handle these issues I think starting from a, a younger age, growing up, learning that could change the course of how people, when they get older, how they're dating. You know, that's, that's what I think of is when I'm talking to my daughters, I, I talk to them from the standpoint of respect yourself enough to where you're not letting somebody beat on you. Um, respect yeah. yourself enough to know that when you're not wanted, don't stick around. Don't, don't do that to yourself. You know, there's certain things that I want them to be aware of when it comes down to getting into the dating world, because a lot of people that fall into these abusive relationships, they were never taught, you know, what to look for to make sure that they don't fall into these relationships. You know, you're thinking that you're dealing with somebody that just has a drinking problem. You know, that's all. It just has a drinking problem. And you're not thinking about the fact that that drinking problem causes other things that trickle down. And I think Growing up, that's how you learn. You're taught when you're young what to look for and what not to look for. You made a, a really good point um, earlier about stepping in, just being involved in a person's life if you suspect there's some abuse mm -hmm. going on. Because I've heard that 
abusers will try to isolate the victims. They'll try to isolate them from their friends, their family, co-workers, you know, like, oh, no, you don't need to go hang out with your co-workers after work. Oh, yeah. Work, come back yeah. home, you know. And in some instances, the abuser, because I don't want to say man or woman, because it happens in female to male, it happens in same-sex relationships. So we're just going to use abuser mm-hmm. and victim. Um, they may make enough money to say, or think they make enough money to say, oh, you don't need to work. You stay at home. And so that's another way to isolate yeah. the victim. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I hope I hope for someone who is listening right now and you can identify some of the things Star is saying, I hope that you will take this as a moment to get some help. And I just want to repeat those numbers again. And I'm going to repeat them a few times throughout this interview. So um, again, the number to the National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. Again, 1-800-799-7233. Or you can text the word START, S-T-A-R-T, to the number 88788. Again, you can text the word START to 88788 so that you can get some help. So, um, Star, um, if we could just, I don't want to focus all on the abuse because I know that you have, you have triumphed and you've gotten out of that situation. But I just want you to tell everyone because sometimes people may think, oh, well, it's too late. We've been together too long. I don't want to leave because even if if there's no abuse going on, we know that that happens when people just, they don't, they don't mesh anymore. The relationship, it has run its course, but they feel like, oh, we've been in this too long and no one else is going to want me or I don't want to go back out there. So I'll just deal with it. But can you tell everyone how long this went went on and how you were able to finally leave the situation? Uh, Yeah. So I was in this relationship for 11 years. Um, I started, I'm a college educated, you know, woman. Um, I'm in the corporate world. Um, And over the 11 years of me being in the relationship, it, it it took a lot of energy um, and a lot of me out of me um, being in that relationship. I I lost who I was. Um, By the time the last segment of our relationship was ending that very last time. Um, I had a miscarriage. I uh, was going through um, a form of depression. I lost my job because of the miscarriage. Um, I was at a level of just sadness. And um, during that period of time, he was there. He was no help. Um, And what I mean by that is how you were talking about the isolation and things. you know, during that time, I was really wanting to depend on him and I couldn't. I lost my car um, and I found out later on that that was actually his idea for me to lose my car. He purposely was not paying the car note so I wouldn't have a way to get around. Um, I know that there was money um, that he was hiding from me during that time um, to make sure that 
I was dependent on him. Um, so those moments, I, 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 I completely understand and I know that it can feel as though there is no way out. Um, but to be honest, there's only one way but up from where you already are. You know, you got somebody that's beating you down. What else could be worse other than death? And you don't want to go that far. You want to go the opposite direction. Uh, that's how I saw it for me. Yeah. For me, it took, like I said, he broke my jaw and I couldn't hide it. I could not, there was no, I couldn't talk, you know, right? I, it, it was all swollen. I couldn't hide it from my, my daughter. My daughter was four at the time. Uh, when he broke my jaw, she was in the house. Somehow she didn't hear it. She didn't wake up until the next morning. And when she saw it, it was, it was devastating. She was looking at me and she was like, mommy, what happened? And now mind you, I have no job. I have no money. I have no car to even leave if I wanted to leave. And now I have my daughter um, at the age of, of four basically telling me, you know, well, what's wrong, mommy? And, you know, she overheard me having a conversation with my cousin and I was explaining what had happened. And my daughter turns around and she says, oh, mommy, just go on and apologize and everything will be fine. Now, this is after my jaw got broken and I'm looking at my daughter and I'm like, she thinks this is OK. Like. She thinks yeah. this is normal. This is normal behavior. I have got to leave. Like I've, I've got to leave. Um, you know. Yeah. Because you don't want this to be something that she experienced. She'll think, exactly. "Oh, mom, mom went through it. Yeah. It's okay. This is just how relationships exactly. happen." So, was she one of your motivators? Was most definitely my out? motivator to get out. Most definitely, me trying to get her into another school, me getting back into my career, me finding myself again, me moving on and finding love and, you know, having children and, you know, everything that I've been able to aspire would have never happened if I wouldn't have left. Uh, when I say that the grass can be yeah. greener on the other side, the grass is greener. It is. And it's not fake. It's not fake grass. It's the real grass. It's the good grass. It's that real green, green grass that, that grows tall. Is that kind yeah. of grass? And, yeah. you know, what? Yeah. what's the purpose of just being on the other side, staring at it? You're looking at everybody being happy. You're on social media. You're watching TV. You're, you look out the window. There's people that are living, and you are sitting on the couch in this situation, and you're the only one that's stopping yourself. And, you know, I used to have those moments of if I try to leave, it's going to kill me. But then I started thinking about it from the standpoint of, at this point, I'd rather be dead than to be in this. I can't do this anymore. I cannot. Mm -hmm. And the way that my parents raised me and the strong woman that I truly, truly am on the inside, I'm not going to allow myself to go out like that. I have too much right. to live for. I have way too, I have a child yeah. at the time. I'm like, I have a child to live for. I have a future. I knew at some point that it was going to get to this happiness. I just knew that I had to get out yeah. there. I knew I had to leave. Mm -hmm. I knew that there was a, there was, there's a, there's, there's, you know, support systems out there that'll be able to help. It may not look familiar and it may be uncomfortable. I had to be uncomfortable for a while before I could finally get back on my feet, but I would never change me having to be uncomfortable to be where I am right now. And it humbles me enough to yeah. where I can now speak to other women or men that are going, you know, through these situations. And I can speak strongly and confidently and say, you don't have to be with this person. 
You don't. There's too many resources out there. There's too many ways that you can get out of this situation. Now, a lot of victims don't understand that if someone is beating you and you call the police and the police actually have a report showing that there was domestic violence, mm -hmm. you can get a protective order. That mm -hmm. protective order can then be taken to if you're living in an apartment complex or if you have a lease with a landlord, that protective order gives you the option to now break your lease and leave. That's what I'm saying. Is that oh, that's, there's resources. That's really important for people to know because that could be someone's hindrance right now. Not that money, you know, the the legal ramifications ramifications of losing an apartment or house should, you know, be why you stay. But that's a really great um, point. And thank you yeah. for sharing. And see, that's that. the thing is that a lot of people when you're in a, a lot of people don't understand that when you're a victim in domestic violence, you will find any reason to stay. And, you know, a lot of cases, mm -hmm. people don't want to go to shelters. Why would they want to go to a shelter when they are in a nice warm bed and there's food in the refrigerator? It just so happens that they live with an abuser. And in some cases, people tend to find that as their normal, comfortable space. And, Again, that's when you have to break that cycle and be okay to be uncomfortable just for a little bit. You can put yourself in a nice bed of your own. You can while. find somebody that you can build a life with later. They'll find you later. Either way it goes, you have a purpose and it is not to be a punching bag. You have a purpose in this yeah. life and it is not to be somebody that, that is yelled at all the time, that is put down all the time, that is punched, kicked, slapped, whatever. That's not what you're on this earth for. There are things, there are purpose, you know, driven purpose that, you, that that people need to understand that is is out there for you. You cannot be up under this type of environment and still push out purpose if you don't get from underneath that. Yeah. And that has been my yeah. motivation. You know, and I know you have a Facebook group um, where you are talking to folks who need help or you're encouraging other survivors. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah, that? So it's called group? free to live and it's F R E E the number two live. Um, it is a community support and advocacy advocacy group. Um, it's basically the community coming together. We have men and women, we have um, victim survivors, we have mothers, fathers of victims and survivors. We have basically anybody that has been affected by domestic violence or, you know, just wants to be an advocate, you know, for domestic violence. They may have never have had to deal with it themselves. We give the community an opportunity to be a shoulder to each other um, and open up that dialogue, that conversation of this is not right and having different people, whether it be black, white, um, grandfathers, grandmothers, mothers, whatever it is, fathers, brothers, sisters, friends, people are talking and they're having conversation and they're giving each other encouraging words. We have victims that um, we have private groups and we have victims and survivors that are are speaking and they are speaking encouraging words to them to leave and helping them, you know, with their self-esteem to get them out there. You'd be surprised what the community could do, you know, with just a little bit of conversation. It doesn't always take a therapist, you know, if that's not available because there is a community. We are a family, regardless if we may not look like each other or not. You know, the next sister out there, whether whatever color she is, she's one out of three. That's how I see it. 
You know, it's the yeah. same thing with, with the men. One out of four, that's my brother. You know, that that's, that's somebody that has been broken down that needs help. And I feel like this group gives an opportunity for them to vent and it gives an opportunity for the community to see and hear these feelings, these emotions of these people that go through this stuff to start building some sort of rapport to where we can start helping each other. That's truly what the group is meant for. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. And uh, you, I want to go back really quick. Um, you mentioned shelters. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage someone, if that is where you have to go momentarily, do not be ashamed. Go get the help that you need. Um, I can remember running into into a old friend and they were a little bit embarrassed. We were having a brief conversation and they, they share with me, Hey, I'm living in a shelter right now because they had left an abusive relationship. It's better. Like star said, it is better to be in that shelter than being in a home with someone who is mentally abusive to you, physically abusive to you, it's better to have that moment of maybe discomfort because in a shelter, you may be around other people or you may have a room to yourself, whatever the situation, it is better than being mm-hmm. in a, in an abusive relationship. And I hope you would join stars Facebook group. If you're out there so that you can connect with someone who you can talk to or who may be able to lead you to resources. And if I may, one more time, um, give the number for the National Domestic Violence Hotline. And that number is 1-800-799-7233. Again, 1-800-799-7233. Or you can text the word START to 88788. Again, you can text the word START to 88788. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to encourage them to go to these shelters, go to the places where they can get help, and then also join your Facebook group so that they can be connected with someone who can help. And then also, let's not forget that these shelters, they do need volunteers, and they do have resources that are always in need, Um, whether it be tampons, Mm -hmm. sanitary napkins, panties, bras, diapers, um, those type of things, they're always needed. So please reach out to your shelters and see what they might need out there. You, that is a really good point, Star. Um, where I live now, I haven't found any shelters to donate to, but I'm from Savannah, Georgia. And um, when I would go through my belongings, and I would say this, please, guys, if you're going to... I'm not trying to be snobbish, but if you're going to donate something to someone... Donate something that is not tattered, something that you wouldn't still mind wearing, okay? But maybe it's just not your style anymore. Maybe, you know, it doesn't fit anymore. Because when someone is leaving a situation, sometimes they leave everything behind. And so you want to give these individuals something that they can wear that's going to make them feel good about Mm -hmm. themselves. So don't give them a raggedy t-shirt that has a hole in it. You're probably saying, oh, well, that's better than nothing. Well, you know what? They already have nothing. So let's Mm -hmm. lift them up. 
okay? So please, if you're going to donate, donate quality items, okay? I'm sorry. No. Sorry. I know you might say that, but I feel like that needs to be said. Whenever you're donating something, you want to donate it with love. And um, I would give stuff to those shelters and they will have areas, you know, you can call and they'll tell you, hey, you can drop things off. Like Star said, clothing, uh, things for babies. I know some of you may have kids who have outgrown things and you're like, oh, I'm going to hold on to it. You can't hold on to everything. Hold on to, you know, uh, one or two little memorable items and donate those other things because someone out there can really use them. I will also say donate household goods because at some point, you know, these individuals are going to get into an apartment yeah, or a house um, and they want, yeah, furniture. They're going to want some things to make their, yeah. their place feel like home. So yes, donating and volunteering is really important and please do it, you know, do everything that you do with love. So if you're going to go in and volunteer, please go in with love, make sure that you're supportive um, to these folks and don't, don't talk down to anyone. You know, I, I just feel like that needs to be said, but yeah, please tell us whatever, what else someone. Um, so outside hair care products, um, you know, and then you also have to think about it from the level of these, these survivors, because once they go into shelters, you're a survivor, you're not a victim anymore. You have now left Mm -hmm. your situation. Um, so, you know, going into these shelters and being a survivor, it would be nice if you had maybe some nice pampering things. It could be, you know, manicure sets. It could be, you know, perfumes. Now, a lot of shelters will not take any perishable items that have been opened. So, you know, you can't go and give them a bag of chips if you've had a few, you know, those type of things. You know, what you want to do, you want to stay right. away from that because they will not take it. But, you know, before you even mm-hmm. buy anything, call the shelter. They have no problem telling you what is needed. These women, they don't want a reason to go back. And, you know, if they've got to get to the point to where they're having to go to a shelter and they get to that shelter and they don't have the simplest of things like panties and bras or they don't have, you know, a brush or whatever it is, it's easier for them to want to go back to their abuser because at least they had that there. So it's like how you were saying, let's pamper, Mm -hmm. let's cater, let's help these women understand that it is okay. Don't be embarrassed. Just don't go back. And let's start using the resources Mm -hmm. that it takes to make sure you don't go back. And that's one thing about Free to Live that I'm trying to do right now is I want us to build those resources for these victims and these survivors. I want to be able to give them opportunity outside of just the shelter helping them. And, you know, that that's something that Free to Live is working with a few different shelters to see what is needed so we can give back to them and help out whatever that void might be. Yeah. Um, tell tell us um, about other resources that you're familiar with besides Free to Live. I know you know of some other ones that they may be able to reach out to as well. Um, well, I do. Know, number one, if you go to the police department and you let them know that it's domestic mm-hmm. violence, they have a domestic violence unit that can then point you in the right direction, depending on what city or state you're in. So that's first and foremost. Okay. Um, other resources that you might want to look into are the shelters. Now, not all shelters are just shelters. Some shelters do have stores. They have storefronts that you can go and visit and you can, you know, get items if need be. So that would be something else that you could check out. Um, 
but but those are your resources. That that's what you want to use. You know, if you need to get um, legal assistance, that's something else. That if you go to the police department, they're not going to find you a lawyer, but they do have divisions that will help you with legal services to point you in the right direction. So yeah, there's. Oh, that's yeah. a great point. It's all dependent on the city and the state that you're I, in. Mm-hmm. And please share with us, uh, what city and state are you in right now? I already know, but I want you to tell us. So I am in Colorado. I am in Greeley, Colorado, but my heart, Mm -hmm. my home, my love is in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you told me about a storefront. Can we talk Um, about that? So, okay. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's through Genesis Women's um, Shelter in Dallas. They have a storefront that is based out, I believe in South Oak Cliff. Um, it is a storefront that um, they have items that you can purchase and things. In the back of the store is kind of a rescue center type area um, to where if you are a domestic violence victim, you can notify one of the cashiers or one of the workers and they will then begin the process as far as getting you out. Um, so in most cases, you might walk through that front door and you may not walk back out the front door. You might walk out the back. Um, but they do try to provide assistance in that area. I, when Star told me about that, I just thought, wow, that is so amazing. Um, I wish we had, and we may have those um, resources in other areas. I may just not be familiar with it, but I just wish that that was in other places where folks knew that they yeah. could go to this, you know, it could be a library, it could be a coffee shop. And maybe, maybe they are, and I'm just not aware of it because you can't, tell the public about all of these kind of like safe houses because then the abusers know where to find the victims or the survivors because once they leave their survivors um so some things you do have to keep in a kind of underground network would you say star yeah but um use the resources that are out front so that they can help you to get to these safe, safe areas where no one would be able to find you. And I said, I, I was just going to do it one more time, but it's just in my spirit. I just have to do it one more time. Uh, give the number to the National Domestic Violence Hotline. And that number is 1-800-799-7233. Again, that number is one 800 799 7233 or you can text the word start s-t-a-r-t to the number 88788 again you can text the word start to 88788 okay um because everybody who is uh maybe never not everybody is watching this so some are listening and I just felt like I should get that number a couple times throughout the podcast because they may only hear a segment of it. So I want them to hear that number, have the resources. And again, Star, if you could please tell us about your Facebook group um, so that if someone is listening right now, they just hear this segment, they know yes, where so to go. Yes, so there's a Facebook group called Free, the number two live it's on facebook um you can also find us on instagram um we have a business page also on facebook we're also on uh linkedin as well um 
Our website is www.free, F-R-E-E, the number two, live, L-I-V-E, life, L-I-F-E.com. So that's www.freetolivelife.com. Yes, thank you. So Star, um, what future what future projects is Free to Live so right on? now, Right now we Next. are trying to um, get some bags together for Genesis Women's Shelter. Um, we are taking finding, or we're taking monetary donations, but for the most part, we would like donations to be perishable items. Um, we're needing brushes, combs, hair grease, shampoo, conditioner, um, anything that is hair care related. Um, Genesis Women's Shelter is based out in Dallas and they have a very large um, African-American population that um, frequents their shelter. So um, Free to Live is going to be going the extra distance to make sure that we try to get black hair care products um, for these survivors that are coming in the door um, to help, you know, just as far as just the, the minimal maintenance um, you know, just to keep their appearance up. Cause again, you know, it's a, it's a self-esteem thing that you also battle when you are leaving those type of situations. Um, but we are, we're, we're trying to get resources together for that shelter. And I am in the midst of getting with a shelter here in Colorado, which I could tell you more about later. Um, but yeah, we're, okay. we're trying to move some things. Okay. And if someone wants to donate, do they go to your yes. Facebook Yes, they can go to either one message. Um, You can also catch me on the website. Um, My emails and my phone numbers are on there. Um, We also have um, it set up if somebody wants to send money to us as well. Um, So we're, we're pretty, we're pretty good to go to start taking, you know, some help. Okay. So are you taking, um, so could we like order something from Amazon? And have it sit. Yes, actually, um, there is a option if they were to go to Genesis Women's Shelter on their website. There are um, links that you can go to that they have certain items that are constantly in need, and you can purchase one of those. It, I believe, it the link goes directly to Amazon, so you can just purchase and it would be sent to the shelter. Nice, that's very nice. And so, um, is there anything else that you want to? talk to us about um, I know we talked about a lot but <laughs> I just want to reach out to um, any victim that's out there right now that feels as though that they don't have anywhere to go they have no resources they have no one to lean on or to talk to um, reach out to our community group you'd be surprised how many people have been already in your situation are and no longer are in your situation um, don't give up don't ever give up you know, there's there's more out there than what you're dealing with. I can be a testimony to that. I'm telling you right now, without me leaving, I wouldn't be here right now. So that's really it. Just be encouraged. Yeah. And please, you guys, um, please donate to uh, Genesis Women's Shelter. And here's the thing. I know that um, there are a lot of businesses that are out there and they're all, you guys are always looking for someone to help, help these women. And if you have jobs available, reach out to 
reach out to me too because i am trying to get some things together for some some individuals also if there's anybody that wants to volunteer for free to live we are always looking for um admins virtual admins to help out with some of the things that we have going on in the background yes so if you have the skills and the resources please 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 reach out to star reach out to genesis women's shelter and use what you have to help someone else and you'll be amazed at how great it makes you feel to know that you were able to help someone else because the same hand that you give out to help someone else that may be the same hand that may help you in the very future. true okay yes because we never know mm-hmm. who we're going to need right yeah um, so I want to thank Star so much for being here today. Um, before I do that, I just want to one more time, cause you guys know that we, um, we do, well, we'll be incorporating a segment called good news. And so I want you guys to send me your good news. I want you to send me your, you know, your birthday shout out. If you want me to say happy birthday, it's your good news. It's celebrating another year of life. If your kid just graduated from school, if you graduated, if you bought a new house, whatever your good news is, you just beat cancer, whatever your good news is, I want you guys to to reach out to me and share that with me. And I'll have that information in the show notes. But today's good news is what I've been sharing all day. And that is you are not alone. There are resources out there. And um, I want you guys to reach out to the National Domestic Violence Hotline. And I want you to give them a call at 1-800-799-7233. Or you can text them the word START to 88788. Or you can reach STAR on Free to Live uh, uh, on her Facebook community or on Instagram or on LinkedIn. So you have several resources that have been made available to you, not only if you are a victim right now, but also if you are a family member, a friend, a stranger, a co-worker. Keep these things, put it in your phone because you never know who may need it. And that way, if someone's there, you can say, hey, you know what? I was listening to this podcast. They kept giving this number over and over and over again. Hey, why don't you text them? Why don't you call them and see uh, what resources are available to you so that you can leave this relationship yeah yes well thank you again so much any final be, words star i know i asked you that already but i just want to one more time blessed. learn to live be free <laughs> be, be, be free, free to live that's what you yes. want to achieve you want to be free to live yeah free to live Thank you so much. I feel like this is not going to be my only uh, interview with Star because she has some more things that she's working on and I can't wait for that to happen so she can come back and tell you all about it. Thank you again for joining us at the table with Demonique and um, we'll catch you on the next time, next episode. Be blessed and peace. I'm not going to